Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas Podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada. I'm a perimenopausal mama to my toddler named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed. I'm a naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. It's Dr. Lisa with Dr. Tony today. Yay! Yay! (laughs) And we're going to share our bedtime routines and why it's important to have some sort of routine. We do recognize there's different seasons in our lives where we can commit to doing a bit more before bed. Others, you know, the kids have been up, they're keeping you up, they're awake late. You might not be able to do much. So it does doesn't have to be a certain amount of time. It doesn't have to look like ours. But as we're going through our routines and why we're doing certain things, and we may, you know, add things that we want to be doing, um, just think about what resonates with you and what you can fit into your schedule. We do know if, you know, you have kids, you're listening, you probably do if you're a perimenopausal mama, we know kids need a bedtime routine, right? How many times over the past years have you tried to tweak the routine to help them fall asleep a bit easier, a little bit earlier. If you miss the bedtime routine, a lot of times all hell breaks loose and they're, you know, wired up, they're thrown off, they're not falling asleep or staying asleep. So we see it in our kids. They need a routine. We need some sort of routine. It's like that Pavlov's response, right? To tell our body it's safe, it's time to unwind and close up the day. So, Tony, why don't we start with you? Let's share your bedtime routine. Yeah, for sure. I'm, and I mean, we've definitely talked about sleep before, Lisa. And so, we've, I think we've kind of touched on our bedtime routines before. So, I mean, in the show notes, we'll we'll link back to our our sleep episodes, which may even explain a little bit more about what we do. But uh, yeah, I think it's great to kind of share our routines and even like. <laughs> My bedtime routine is definitely not perfect. Um, and especially it's interesting, Lisa, that you you uh, thought of this topic and and it made sense for us to do because I I think last month, well, even earlier this month, I really got into a rut uh, or yeah, a rut maybe of not not doing the my sleep routine and not getting a great sleep and it really impacted how i felt during the day and my motivation and productivity and all of those and energy and all of those kind of things so it's funny that we're recording this now cuz i'm i'm really like re-energized and reinvigorated to really have a good bedtime routine especially around timing Timing for me makes such a difference, and uh, and it can be challenging because my schedule, especially in the evenings, aren't the same every single day. There's going to be days when sometimes I'm taking Frankie to bed, 
Uh, sometimes um, her daddy's taking her to bed and sometimes I'm working late. Uh, I, I've i just started doing another hypnobirthing group class. So I'm teaching until 8.30 or a little after and getting to getting home at nine. Uh, or, you know, I'm doing my tap dance class on Thursdays and that goes until eight. So I'm getting home, you know, like 20 after eight or something. So sometimes it's a bit harder to wind down on those nights. Uh, and I do know that I get the best sleep if my bedtime is at 10 p.m. at the latest. I just have really noticed, um, especially when I'm using my aura ring that we've talked about before in terms of the tracking episode, that um, I'm getting a better length of deep sleep. I'm getting more uh, REM sleep. And, um, and just overall, all of my other markers are better too. So I know for me that the timing makes a difference. Uh, now there's, there's probably a, a number of things that, that we share Lisa in terms of like turning off some lights, dimming lights in the house is, um, really key reducing light from the screens. So sometimes I'm good, good at shutting off, you know, the phone and the TV, at least an hour before bed, sometimes not so much. That's a real aim. And that's something that I really aim to do. Also, another piece that is really key is to turn down the thermostat in the house. Um, And especially, you know, when it's kind of more winter and colder and the and the furnace is kicking in more often, that makes a huge difference. Less so when the when the furnace is kicking in now that it's springtime, but turning down the thermostat on my thermostat at home, I know that 68 degrees Fahrenheit is a good level, which is hilarious because I don't even know what temperature that is because we do Celsius here. Oh, I can it because I was curious because I do 19 Celsius and that's yours is 20 Celsius. So we're pretty close. I need the house at like 19 Celsius or cooler. Yeah, I find it makes a huge difference. If I forget you, I'm I'm sweating. (laughs) Oh, me too. If I forget, I I have a terrible sleep. I'm waking up all hot and everything. And and actually truthfully, sometimes I even turn it down to 67. So that's probably about like 19.5 degrees Celsius or something like that. So yeah, it makes a huge difference, especially when you are, you know, when there is that potential for like night sweats and hot flashes and that kind of thing too. I think that's, that's really huge. And, and, and I mean, just, we know in general with sleep that, it's really key for our our body temperature to go down. That's a, a a really a key cue for all of those other hormone processes for our body to wind down and to help with sleep. So that's that's definitely something you know really key. Again, again, a little bit of a different routine. Some days, some days, um, I'm really good at you know, having a good amount of time after supper before bed, you know, not eating for a couple of hours. Sometimes I am having a bit of a treat. Thankfully, it didn't impact me last night. I like really unusually, I just I knew we had some ice cream in the freezer. It's my favorite mint chocolate chip what flavor. Oh, mint chocolate chip. Yeah, nice. mint chocolate chip. I love like a mint and chocolate combo. And so I was like, I'm going to have some ice cream. I even had like two bowls of ice cream. Um, sh- Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and... <laughs> and 
And I found that I got had a great sleep last night. So I was like, okay, not that I'm going to do that every single night. I know that that doesn't work. And it worked last night for some reason. So I'm just going to go with it and say, thank you, universe. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's like the idea of like the warm milk, but you know, a little different. Yeah, a little, who knows? Who knows? Did it support my, my core body temperature going down? I don't know. Um, sometimes I'll have some pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds do have tryptophan in them. And I mean, we think of tryptophan, um, when, when, you know, oftentimes when I say tryptophan and I, then I immediately say turkey because that's what people think, you know, after like a turkey dinner and getting a good amount of tryptophan, feeling drowsy, tryptophan is that amino acid that is needed to produce, um, melatonin and serotonin. Um, so sometimes I'll have a little bit of pumpkin seeds just to, you know, as a little bit of a snack, get a little bit of protein um, and get some tryptophan. Otherwise, I nightly, no matter what, no matter when I'm taking it, I do a supplement cocktail. <laughs> Which, <laughs> for naturopaths, it's to be expected. <laughs> kind of right. I feel like right now it's um, probably more uh, like the the highest amount that I'm taking right now uh, at night uh, currently, and it's working. Especially, you know, I'm always taking my magnesium. That like hands down with without fail need to take magnesium. That natural ma- muscle relaxer, nervous system relaxer. Uh. And of course, you can go to my our magnesium um, episode uh, to find out more about the beauties, the the amazing um, reasons why magnesium is good for you. And I do like I've for years I've done a combo of a CalMag or calcium magnesium supplement. And for a couple of years now, I've done magnesium L3 and 8. So it's it's a great magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier and has been shown to reduce neuroinflammation related to migraines, because of course, um, you know, just making sure that my brain is healthy and doesn't trigger migraines is key. I've found that a combo of brain antioxidants, it's a product called Mito AMP that I've been using for a while, has some grapeseed extract that I found has um, sometimes been really helpful to um, really manage hot flashes and to minimize hot flashes. And so I do that plus um, a combo of L-theanine and ashwagandha, phosphatidylserine and rolora called cordyline that I started at the beginning of the pandemic when my sleep was definitely impacted. And again, kind of thinking back, especially again, since I am now officially menopausal, as we talked about in the previous episode, I, I, think it was just a perfect storm of the pandemic and perimenopause impacting sleep since we know that that's a thing. So Cordyline really helped with that. I've also been playing around with glycine and inositol. So sometimes I was taking it, sometimes not. I've been back on the glycine and inositol train before bed because I did find that my hot flashes kind of kicked up again. 
And so I started the glycine and inositol and those have significantly decreased my hot flashes and it didn't take long to do that. So I do that before bed. I have my aura ring and with the aura ring, there's of course that's connected to my phone with an app and they have different um, guided meditations. So I've been falling asleep after listening or while listening to the letting go and drifting off. Um, uh, relaxation, um, recording through the aura ring app. Um, and I have a couple of others that I might try because I was just kind of checking out what Dr. Andrew Huberman kind of talks about. He has a podcast and does a lot of, of, uh, talks a lot about sleep. And, and so he's mentioned the reverie app for self-hypnosis. Self-hypnosis is amazing. Or again, getting into a deep state of relaxation and can be so helpful uh, to just get slow down your brain waves and get into that same kind of restorative, rejuvenating place that sleep gets you to. And then there's also a non-sleep deep rest or NSDR kind of recording on YouTube I might try out. So there we go. I, I love de- it. Great yeah. tips in there, Tony. Some things I want to try too. Yeah. Again, a few different, a, a few different things that again can just really help to really support that relaxation that's so needed. So key because we need to lower our our cortisol, our sleep hormone, because it has an inverse relationship with melatonin. So your melatonin isn't going to be produced and released uh, to the same extent. If you're stressed out at night, so to all the all the relaxation things are key. So those are the relaxation things I do. Also, I uh, have used a sleep mask for years. Have dark curtains. We do have the light on in the hallway for Frankie right now, so it's not like the perfect darkness, and we're doing our best. And also, Frankie's sleep isn't the hasn't been the greatest for a while. It was good for a while and then not. So I'm usually getting up and getting into Frankie's bed at some point during the night. So oh, yeah, yeah, kids can really uh, throw a wrench in our in our sleep uh, intentions <laughs> and schedule. But you know, we, we recognize I think that there can be different seasons. So fingers crossed. It's uh, just really short and temporary, Tony. Yeah, thanks. And I, you know, I'm I'm doing my my best not to like force anything or to worry about it, but just to go with it and to, and I'm just really going right now down the path, path of least resistance where, you know, she either gets up in the middle of the night and comes to us or, or calls for me. And, and so I'm just going to go to her and just fall asleep. Cause I'm not going to, I don't want to waste my time and energy and actually um, wake up in the middle of the night dealing with her. I just want to, you know, go to her, comfort her and be able to have us both fall asleep as soon as possible. So sounds like a good plan. Yeah, <laughs> you, need, you still need your sleep regardless of where it is. Absolutely. Uh, and her bed is fairly comfortable. So oh, that's good. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's you're not getting the random arm or leg in the face. <laughs> well, yeah, that happens. Absolutely. <laughs> but I feel like I can deal with it a little bit better than um, her dad can. So <laughs> yeah, Pete's a better sleeper than I am. So he he's able to fall back asleep easier if Stuart wakes up in the night. Mm. So I, uh, I I've, I've gotten better. It's it's a work in progress. Yeah. 
It's a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure you'll mention this too, Lisa. I find, again, the things that I do during the day are really key for my sleep and kind of I feel like is part of my almost like a key part of my bedtime routine or extension of my bedtime routine. It's like Mm -hmm. getting lots of natural light during the day, uh, ideally in the morning. So the, again, the days that I walk Frankie to day home, um, it's usually again, within an hour of us getting up is awesome. And also most days I am avoiding alcohol and caffeine and I'm caffeine sensitive I'm a slow metabolizer of caffeine. So I know that caffeine does not help my sleep. And I definitely know that alcohol doesn't help my sleep either. So, um, so those are, are things that are, I think I just kind of, you know, add them into the bedtime routine piece. For sure. Yeah, I find it, it our sleep, if we're having trouble sleeping, our nervous system is dysregulated. A lot of times we're just flying like through the day, we're on that fight or flight mode. It's like every second counts. It's like, how much can I get done off of my to do list? And then it comes time for bed and we expect to be able to shut off automatically, but our brains and our bodies don't work that way. We need to, you know, show our body that we're safe or in a relaxed, mm-hmm. like we're, we're not having to do anymore. So we can get into that parasympathetic nervous system um, phase. And it's actually like we've talked before about active relaxation versus passive relaxation, right? Like a lot of times we've gone through the day and it's like, all I have in me is to numb out on Netflix. And that would be called like a passive relaxation. So you're not really unwinding, you're not processing or releasing what happened during the day. It's just like a distraction. Whereas if we look at you've been talking about um, active relaxation, Tony, which is like the guided meditation, right, Mm -hmm. just slowing down. So um, that's really key to fit into your day and into the nighttime. So your nervous system um, can settle down. And the brain yeah. can settle down and unload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely doing a lot of passive relaxation over, you know, the past few weeks, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, you, you can get into it can kind of it can get into a routine. It can be a bad habit where it you feel like you're relaxing, but it's you're not getting the same benefits of like really true active relaxation in the body. And and yeah. Um, Has there been some good shows you're watching, Tony? Well, yeah, of course. There's always something interesting on Netflix. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's Netflix fault for everybody's insomnia. Make the shows boring. Oh, well, (laughs) you know. Nobody would watch it. Yeah. (laughs) If it wasn't Netflix, it would be something else, Lisa. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. I love passive relaxation and I incorporate it every night, but I do over the years, I've realized I need that active relaxation some nights more when I've been, yeah, working late or out late is when I might need a bit more of that active relaxation. Um, But I still love numbing out to a bit of TV. (laughs) Yeah. So Lisa, I know in our previous sleep episodes, you've shared, um, you know, some of the struggles that you've had with sleep and some of the things that you've been doing to help to support your sleep. So where's your bedtime routine at right now? 
Yeah, yeah. Like it's in a happy medium. I wouldn't say it's like extensive, but it's got got some rhythm and some of the highlights you covered. Um, for me, like I did suffer from a lot of sleep challenges, I guess around like just before the pandemic and at the start of the pandemic. Um, and before the pandemic, I actually went through a CBTI program with a psychologist or like some sessions with her cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia and for those that don't know it is like sleep training for adults and it's it's getting you to shift your perceptions around sleep and how you feel if you don't get enough sleep it normalizes some of the things that we might be you know fighting against or the beliefs we have um, so that was a game changer for me it's a hard thing to go through because you're actually limiting the time you're in bed only going in when you're like drowsy and if you're not sleeping you know you can't fall back asleep in the middle of the night you remove yourself from your bed you go read something not too stimulating you know do something relaxing until you get drowsy and you go back to your bed once you're drowsy so you're relating being in bed with sleeping or being sleepy. So it's a challenging program, but I feel like it was a game changer for me. And I know it is for a lot of people, but I've kept up some of the tenants of it, like trying to have to the best of my ability, of course, it changes sometimes with events and activities, but having a similar bedtime, a similar wake time, weekends and during the week where possible, of course, it's not every night, because um, your body, you know, that rhythm, you really thrive on having that rhythm. Um, so also, you know, unwinding, getting out of bed, if I can't fall back asleep and having ways to unload my thoughts, like sketching out some time at the end of the workday to jot down what I need to to complete the next day, but also writing down what I'm proud of, um, kind of like that ta-da list. I know we've talked about in the past celebrating my wins and ending it on a positive note. And I think you do this too, because you mentioned before, Tony, but keeping a journal in your room. So even right before you go to bed, if things are popping up on your mind, like, oh, I forgot to do this, I forgot to do that, you could write it down. Because a lot of times we hold on to that thought and like, oh, I hope I remember this tomorrow. And then we're not going to fall asleep or stay asleep. So that's been... Um, really useful as well. I do find the daylight exposure getting out within, you know, the first few hours of waking has been amazing and getting out in the afternoon. And like you said, Tony, dimming the lights using more lamps, we have red light bulbs that we um, use in the evening. And I wear the blue blocker glasses if I'm on screens, or I do watch a bit of TV before bed. So that's helping to support my melatonin production and then shutting down the melatonin with the daylight exposure in the morning and then supporting melatonin production as you're dimming the lights um, in the evening. So looking at transitioning, transitions, right? We think about transitions for our kids and helping them by like singing a song or kind of walking them through it. But we need help with those transitions too, because a lot of times you're working right up until, you know, the minute you have to go to leave to pick up your kids. So is there a way to fit into that time a way to unwind. So if I'm walking um, to get Stuart, I'm doing some deep breathing or humming or just trying to be really mindful and take in, you know, the sounds, the smells, just being really in the present moment. If I have time, I might do a short little meditation, lying on the bed and just letting my body and mind relax and writing everything down that I need to for the next day. 
or just sitting in silence, even for two minutes before you have to go pick up your kids. I know even a lot of moms, if they're driving, they'll sit in the car for a few minutes, listen to their favorite song. Um, there's so way, so many ways to uh, make those transitions easier on yourself too. Um, when we when we have dinner, we we don't eat too late typically. I make a cup of the, the Tulsi tea. I'm having the Tulsi ginger tea right now, and that really calms my nervous system down. So I'm sipping on it from after dinner until bedtime because you know having a lot of tea before bed, you're going to probably have to get up to pee. Although with the Tulsi tea, I find even if I have to get up to pee, I'm still in like a calm, relaxed state. I do fall back asleep quicker than if I didn't have the tea. Um, and I recommend for patients. They can even steep the tea bag for 10 minutes or more in half a mug of water if they're having it closer to bedtime, just so it's not too much liquid. Um, after dinner, we typically do some fun activities with Stuart, like coloring. We've been really into Uno lately. We do watch some TV. Sometimes he's watching his, you know, mindless YouTube shows. Um, sometimes we'll watch something together. We've been watching Lego Masters, which is um, teams building these um, insane Lego structures and they're competing against each other. So that's been kind of fun to watch. And then well, that's um, cool. I've been trying yeah. to get Frankie into Lego Masters. Every time we we suggest it, she says no, because she's really gotten into Lego. So I'm looking oh. forward to the day when she says yes we can watch a Lego Masters. Totally. Sometimes I just start it and then Stuart, like if he's playing with a toy and then he gets sucked in because like, I don't know, sometimes the idea of it for some reason, he doesn't want to watch it. But okay. um, so yeah, he, he gets sucked in because it is pretty cool. So nice. Um, nice. I like that. And then Pete and I take turns getting Stuart down. But after after I put Stuart down or if Pete's putting him down, I'll always do, there's a really great eight minute um, guided meditation on the insight timer app. Um, right now I'm doing a, it's called a mental vacation. And it's like you're doing some breathing and visualizing being in the place you feel the most happy and safe and secure. So that really helps to calm my nervous system. And then I do read a book, a physical book, um, not on a Kindle or anything like that for five minutes, 10 minutes. Sometimes I get sucked in. It might be longer, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then Pete and I, we may watch some mindless TV. Like I've talked about my obsession with the great Canadian baking show, the great British baking show. So I usually watch something like that where you don't have to totally pay attention, but it's like interesting and calming. We are watching something called My Kid kitchen rules right now on prime it's like an aussie cooking competition so that's good too um, but i watch that for probably just like honestly i probably have half an hour to watch tv before i start to get drowsy um, and then I take my supplement cocktail. I've gone through different supplement cocktails in the past. I've been taking like a really large cocktail of supplements, but then, you know, over the years I've tried to pare it down and then different times in my life, I need different ones depending on, you know, where my cortisol levels are, where my female hormones are, et cetera, what's going on with my schedule or what I have on my plate. But right now I'm doing just a straight magnesium bisglycinate, um, L-theanine and some melatonin before bed. Um, I do sometimes take like a calcium magnesium blend with that as well, but I just had some GI shoes a couple of weeks ago. So I kind of paired off on some of the supplements I was taking. Um, and then I come upstairs 
um, put the sound machine on. I use the Zonli weighted blanket. Um, I do use some earplugs too. And then I get into bed and then I just try to um, kind of look at the day and just think of something that I was grateful for or proud of. And I tell myself I love myself. Like I'm thanking my body and my mind for what it did during the day. It sounds weird, but kind of talking to yourself like a friend. And of course I say, you know, Pete and I cuddle and I say, I love you. And um, we connect that way too, but directing it to yourself can be really beneficial too. Well, that Um, sounds wonderful, Lisa. I love that. So um, I find, yeah, that's a great way to just set the tone for a relaxing sleep too. And yeah, in the past, I've taken different supplements, some similar to you, Tony, like the Relora. There's a supplement called Serenitin. I've taken passion flower, GABA in the past. Um, I've tried different CBD um, and THC combinations, but nothing really helped me like consistently over the long term. So I'm not using those for sleep, um, but that's what I'm doing right now. So, and I, I want people to think like, yeah, you might be overwhelmed because there's so many options, but pick like a five minute routine, honestly. Uh, start with one small thing. It's an investment in time because sometimes the last thing we want to do is another thing we have to do right before bed. It's like, I just want to do nothing. But if you invest five, 10 minutes, the return on investment is huge because how do you feel after a good night's sleep? It's priceless, right? How do you feel after not being able to fall asleep or waking up frequently? Um, You're totally thrown off the next day, not only your mood, but your energy, your focus, you're just kind of dragging around. So I like to think of it as an investment in time with huge payoffs. Well, Um, it is that hygiene. Yeah, like, is that hygiene, like, like, a lot of people wouldn't think twice about brushing their teeth before bed. Um, And yes, it's a thing to do. And absolutely, Lisa, like it's an investment in your health, like it feels better. So that's the same thing when it comes to sleep hygiene as well. Mm -hmm, Uh, It is like really looking at those, the small things they, you you can, you can, you could, if you wanted to think of them as big things, like, oh my God, why do I have to do these things? Or you could think of it as like, you get to do these small things and really impact your overall health, well-being, how you feel, your energy, how you can think in the morning, and um, and and it just can make such a huge difference. Yeah, and there's so many choices. So you pick something you actually look forward to doing, right? So maybe for you, it's yoga nidra, like a, a guided progressive relaxation. Maybe it's listening to some calming classical music or relaxing music, right? Maybe it's giving your your you and your partner giving each other little mini massages. Um, there's so uh, smelling essential oils, right? We've talked about lavender before having a nice bath, right with your Epsom salts and lavender essential oil in there. So there's a lot of a lot of options and pick what works for you. It doesn't have to be the same as your friend or as us, but something you're going to look forward to. Yeah, and I think another key piece is is the fact that it may not look the same all the time. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Lisa, how your bedtime routine has shifted. I mean, I also used to um, do prescription CBD as well before bed. 
um, to help to support my sleep. And yeah, that was helpful for a while. And then I found that I didn't need it anymore. So again, you can really shift it based, like really listen to your body and listen to yourself. And, and again, pay attention to those seasons, there's going to be different seasons or, or again, different eras that um, you may need more support, you may need less support. That's right. Yeah. And I find if I am out late, and I don't even do a couple of minutes of like, some of the breathing from that meditation or read a couple of pages, it's harder for my body and mind to settle down. But if I take even just do a modified, like if we have the kids out, right, we come back, we might read them a story for a couple of minutes and shorten the bedtime routine that really helps them because there's that association. So we can make it shorter in those times when it's really late at night. Absolutely. That's key. Our kids need it and we need it too. (laughs) I know we do all these things for our kids. Let's do it for ourselves too. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, Lisa, let's switch gears and let's look at uh, your super mom moment for the week. Yes, I have a really fun one because we've been trying to get together, my sister and I, with some friends, and we planned it. I probably like two months ago, but we had a girls' night on Saturday night, and it's my parents were away, so we used their house and we slept there, and we had a nice potluck there. So it was a free place to stay. It's not that far there in Markham, um, and my sister and I. So we we asked for help. So it was a potluck. We didn't do all the cooking, so we had like a huge spread of delicious food. We asked those that were sleeping over to bring like sleeping bags, towels, um, so that we wouldn't have to do a whole bunch of laundry after. And we just talked for hours on end. We went out to the local pub. Um, we were we were out till about one in the morning, which you know for me is really late. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I didn't say my bedtime is usually between nine thirty and ten. You know, if I had if I had a choice, sometimes it's a little bit later due to you know Stuart being up or working a bit late and or going out, but. Um, but it was a great time and my cup was so full and it was interesting because I haven't been to a bar too much since I haven't been drinking alcohol. So I was the only one not having anything to drink, but I still had a blast. So yeah, it was interesting to be, be out and refuse when the, the bartender asked me if I wanted a drink, but so that's my super mom moment. And Tony, awesome. I know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I know you're doing a great job, um, but can you think of maybe a mama mess up? Oh. Oh, yeah, this is like one mama mess up of many recently. (laughs) I hear you. I hear (laughs) you. Well, yesterday, and again, fresh in my mind, because it was yesterday, um, we go to what we call church, which is the the Center for Spiritual Living here in Calgary. And then afterwards, we go to the farmer's market um, and have lunch. And so... I repeated the mistake, which I think I shared on a previous episode of letting Frankie have a big waffle after um, for lunch. Uh, There's this place at the farmer's market, which has these really fantastic pictures of these, this like big waffle with a bunch of whipped cream and strawberries on it. And of course the picture is like right at Frankie's level. So she like, she's all she did was point to the picture and it was like, okay, sure. Let's go for it. And I know like last time we did that, she had a big meltdown in the afternoon, a couple of hours later, this time I thought, okay, Okay, before she has the waffle, 
I'll make her eat part, some of my cabbage roll because I usually get the cabbage rolls uh, at the farmer's market. Yeah. It has some meat in it. Made her have a, a piece of carrot before she had her, her waffle. So I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And uh, oh, you know what might have also impacted it? Well, she also had a half a donut afterwards. That I'm just <laughs> realizing it. That was not my doing, of course. She had a good day. <laughs> she had an amazing day. Then her daddy took her to the playground. They came home, and of course, she proceeded to have a meltdown. So had to really coax her to have like um, a nut butter sandwich and like get some more protein and food in her. <laughs> Uh, after that, it was fine. And I feel like we could have done a better job of preventing that meltdown. Or again, it just, we m- really might need to just not do the waffle, especially the waffle donut combination. <laughs> for it happens, right? Like, yeah, we think, okay, they're gonna, they're not gonna get that crash. They're not gonna get hangry later, but sometimes they can, right? So oh, it made it, they can't so link much. that yet, but eventually I guess they'll be able to, and then they'll decide if it's worth it or not. <laughs> it might take her a while to do that. In the meantime, yeah. I get to, I get to have the say on what That's works. Great. <laughs> oh well, my you're goodness. still doing a great job so. oh thanks lisa at least we can laugh about it and That's and learn right. so we've all had that yeah hangry low blood sugar crash where then they don't even realize they're hungry right but you're like oh yeah you no know you have to eat right now like they're just like yeah. hyper fixated on a toy or an activity it's like yeah it's or just being upset or just being upset that's it too yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Lisa, what's your mama must have for this week? Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I mentioned the Zonley weighted blanket. That's been mine before, but it has these little glass beads. So it keeps you nice and cool, but getting exercise in the day is linked to really good sleep as well. So I have my exercise equipment at home. So you can get like really simple things. I actually just bought like a mini ball that kids can throw around, you know, like those dollar store balls. Yeah. There's probably lots of chemicals and stuff, but I'm using that as a Pilates ball, but I have resistance bands, mini bands that go around your legs, a stability ball, free weights, my yoga mat. Um, so I have a whole bunch of different tools I can use when I when I work out at home. So getting in your movement and exercise in the day is going to translate definitely to a better sleep. So many of my patients notice that. So yeah, that's my mama must have. And Tony, what's yours? Awesome. My mama must have is a podcast that I've just been revisiting, um, which is a podcast by Byron Katie. She has a process that she calls the work. And she wrote a book called Loving What Is, a like uh, a while ago. <laughs> it's, it's an old book. Is it going to date you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. I think it's probably like from the 90s, maybe early, early 2000s. And she has just has a really s- pretty simple and really profound way of really questioning your thoughts and, and, you know, catching yourself in certain thought patterns and then really asking yourself, like, is that true? You know, is that really true? And having, um, and, and really guiding you to, you know, think of the flip side. Well, you know, what if you turn around that thought, uh, you know, can you, have a thought that's um, directed to someone else and turn around 
how you're thinking about someone else to you. It's it's really it's really profound, and I think it can be a really amazing tool to look at again catching ourselves in those thoughts that cause us stress and that like roll around in our head. Um, and so her and her listening to her podcast, she leads someone through um, going through this process, and you know both men and women. And, you know, different situations, especially in terms of relationships. So recently there was an episode of, you know, a man who was kind of complaining about um, how, you know, his wife didn't feel like she had enough energy to take to give their son a bath. They had both been sick and and just really looking at the thoughts that he had, the automatic thoughts about her and and really questioning that and and really seeing how... Uh, you know, that was just having him think a certain way, which he really didn't. And then he could switch his thoughts to really look at appreciating his wife and, and supporting her. And, and so I, I just think it's really amazing. And it's nice to be able to hear, like, hear an example and then be able to think of it, you know, and think of similar examples for yourself. So anyway, the work by Byron Katie, I'm pretty sure that Ooh, that's what the that podcast out. is about. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. She's awesome. So um, yeah, there's some great podcasts out there, including ours. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, we'll also, you know, I want to share what else is happening with us. I mean, I'm doing my, my hypnobirthing class, my next hypnobirthing session for expecting parents looking to decrease their fear and anxiety and support their natural instincts around labor and birth is happening again next month. So you can look at uh, joining me at hypnobirthingcalgary.com slash register. Dr. Lisa has her Facebook group, Wild Women Adventures Toronto. If you want to get out in nature, connect with other women and push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, that's what's happening with us. And again, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we love that you're here with us and we love to, again, provide you with this information. Again, our show notes are at perimenopausalmamas.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. We would love for you to subscribe. Uh, leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoy this episode. That really helps a lot. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page and you can just share this episode and tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. So stay safe and healthy, everyone. Take care. Take care. Have a good sleep. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>